Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we are so blessed, honored, and privileged to be able to come together to study and fellowship around your word. I make it known this morning that I'm not trusting or depending on my limited human abilities to minister this, this word to your people. But I'm trusting on you, Holy Spirit, because you are the most qualified teacher. Therefore, I submit myself to you that you may speak through my mouth, through every heart, removing fear, removing confusion. I thank you for supernatural recall of the scriptures. I believe your word will flow through my mouth accurately with power and authority, undistracted, unhindered by any demonic force. And mighty God will be careful to give you alone the praise, the honor, and the glory for all that will be revealed and accomplished through your word in this morning's service. I thank you for the privilege I have of being a servant as I serve your family with this word that changes lives. And we at Greater Worlds Christian Family Church, Lord, we're not only hearers of the word, but we are doers of the word. Thank you, Lord, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And as we are about to hear the word, we thank you that our faith will grow to another level. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Come on, turn to people next to you and say, I'm ready to receive the word of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You may take your seats. Now, we're continuing with our subject that we uh, started with last week. We had a great service last week um, talking about desires, right? Um, I'm a bit confused a bit as to, as to what I should name this title um, because it's actually about the reason why we do not see our desires come to pass. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the reason why believers do not see their desires come to pass. And that's coming from the word of God from Psalm 37 verse number 4 where the Lord says, delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of our hearts. Say this to me. Say, God promises to give me the desires of my heart. But I believe you'll agree with me that many of us have not really seen much of that happen in our lives. And the question now is, why do we not see our heart's desires come to pass as the word of God promises us to see our desires come to pass? What is the problem? Because I believe most of us have prayed for certain things that we are still waiting to see them happen. Some of us have fasted for those things. Some of us, we keep confessing every day, yet we're not seeing this thing. We're getting even to the point whereby we are about to get discouraged. Or we're about to even give up on God. Some of us have even went ahead of God and we feel like, you know what, God, it looks like you're not prepared to do this or it looks like you don't know how to do this. Let me get ahead of you and get these desires of mine myself because clearly you're not interested. Hello, family. And we get discouraged in our Christian walk to a point whereby we even backslide because we feel like God is not interested in our business. Now, we want to find out why is it that we are not seeing most of this happen in our lives? Why is it that we're not seeing God really coming through for us and we seeing our desires come to pass? That's what we're talking about. Now, let me go a little bit to last week. Now, Psalm 37 verse number 4, if you can put it on the screen, that'll be great. It says... Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of, our, of your hearts. And I said last week that uh, we, we love the B part of the scripture. We love the second part of the scripture, which says, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. But before he said he shall give you the desires of our hearts, where is the point of mine? Do we still have my pointer in the church? And I have it. Before he says, he shall give you the desires of your heart, the Lord said, delight yourself in the Lord. So many believers, they love quoting the B part without focusing on the A part. And the A part is, delight yourself also in the Lord. Because that is the condition to the Lord giving you the desires of your heart. 
So if God is going to give me the desires of my heart based on me delighting myself in him, then I need to know what is to delight myself in the Lord. What does delighting myself in the Lord look like? What do I do when I delight myself in the Lord? Because it is only when we delight ourselves in the Lord that the Lord will give us the desires of our heart. God is not going to come give you the desires of your heart that are birthed from not delighting yourself in him. So what does the word delight means? Now the word delight means pleasure. It means joy. It means fulfillment. All right? So when he says, delight yourself in the Lord, he says, find joy in the Lord. Say this, say, I must find joy in the Lord. Are you with me? If you're not enjoying being in the presence of God, then hey, if you do not find happiness being in the presence of the Lord, then there's something wrong. Say, I must find joy being in the presence of the Lord. Say, I must find pleasure being in the house of the Lord. Listen, if you find pleasure being in the house of the Lord, you definitely won't find pleasure being in other places. It is really... Don't go there. All right, I won't go there. I won't go there. To find pleasure in the house of the Lord. So to delight is to find joy, is to find pleasure, is to find what? Come on, help me. Fulfillment. Fulfillment. So if I find joy, if I find uh, fulfillment, if I find pleasure in the Lord, that means I'm spending my, a lot of time with God, isn't it so? I cannot say I find joy in spending time with Mr. Nkiwane if I never spend time with Mr. Nkiwane. We have to be spending time together for me to be in the place where I say, I really find joy in spending time with you. I really find pleasure spending time with you. A husband and wife cannot find pleasure in each other if they never spend time together. Hello? So if we are delighting ourselves in the Lord, we are finding joy in the Lord, we are finding pleasure in the Lord, we are finding fulfillment in the Lord, and when we do that, which means we're fellowshipping with the Lord all the time. We're fellowshipping with the word of God all the time. We are in prayer with the Lord because uh, our, another way of fellowshipping with God is by praying. Prayer is not asking God for the things that you want from God. That's not what prayer is about. Prayer is fellowship. Prayer is what we use to fellowship with the Father but in that fellowshipping with the Father, we get to ask the Father the things that we want. Karaba, where are you going? Kevin, we are Pintot. We are boy. Hurry up, hurry up. This word is good. Hurry up. Amen. You know, when you're a parent and, and, and the whole house, you guys are eating and you're having a nice meal, and one of your children just sneaks out while we're having a nice meal, you don't want them to leave because you don't want them to miss out on the chicken and the rice and, and, and the seven colors, right? Yeah, I mean, you're like, you know, because you know other kids, they will eat everything. So you want to bring them back, say, hey, and they come back because you're going to find everything gone. Wait, wait, wait. Where were we? What about prayer? Oh, fellowship with the Father. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, what again? Oh, okay. It's not just asking God for the things that you want, right? Okay. You know, because uh, uh, most people, they only pray when they need something from God. You know, that's the only time they think about prayer when they have a need. Imagine having a friend that only calls you when they have a need. How will you feel about that kind of friend? They only call you. It's like, you know, when you see their name on the phone, it's like, you can even answer this phone like this. What do you need? What do you want? Because definitely they're going to ask you for something that they want. They never just phone you to check on you. How are you doing? You know, I've been thinking about you. I hope everything is well and everything. They never do that. They just phone you only when they need something. 
And that's how most of God's children do. They call on God only when they need something. They never just call on daddy, I just love you. I'm just loving you right now, you know. They drive the whole day listening to all sorts of junk on the radio. They never switch on to Jesus and just fellowship with Jesus in his word or in worship. They just spend the whole time even in their earphones from their phones listening to all junk and all nonsense that speaks against the word of God. They never spend time with the Lord and just say, Lord, I just love you. I just miss you. How many of you guys that are in love feel funny when your partner goes the whole day without saying something to you. I mean, there's no emoji nyana of a kiss. I mean, there's no heart nyana. I mean, there is no hello. There's no I'm thinking about you. There is no such, you know, you leave them in the morning, you come back at night, and then that's the only time you hear from them. How many of you guys feel funny about that? I mean, I'll make an issue about that. I don't know about you. I'll make an issue. You forget about me the whole day. I promise you, you go, you're going gonna, you're gonna, to you're gonna deal with me. I don't, I, don't, I don't tolerate not being appreciated and not being loved. I don't know what I had this morning, but I like it. Whatever you guys fed me, whoever brought me coffee, it made me feel good. I like the way I feel because I feel like I'm going to preach good this morning. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm, ladies, are you agreeing with me? You want attention throughout the whole day, right? You want recognition throughout the whole day, right? You want affirmation throughout the whole day, right? You want to know that, come on, agree with me, ladies. In Jesus' name. If you don't agree with me, you won't get what I'm saying. Hello? You want to be entertained. You want, you want when you're minding your own business, you just came from a meeting with your boss who was mean to you, and you go into your phone and you get a message from your husband and says, you are the hottest thing ever. <laughs> oh, shit now. You love that, right? God loves it too. God loves it too. God wants us thinking about him all the time. Hello? He said in Joshua, he said, this book of the law should not depart from your mouth. In other words, don't stop talking about God. The book of the law should not depart from your mouth. Don't stop talking about God. But you shall meditate on it. To meditate is to, is, is to go deeper with your thoughts, with your mouth. With everything, be consumed by the things of God, by the word of God. Are you with me? It's to continuously uh, 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 repeating the word of God to yourself. So God don't want us to stop thinking about him. God wants us to think about him all the time. He wants to always be on our minds. He don't want all these things that we entertain to be on our minds. The Bible says God is a jealous God. You know why God is a jealous God? The word jealous... It's different from being anxious. When I'm envy towards Mr. Nkiwano, Mr. Shongwe. Let me, let me give you the difference why God can be jealous and God being jealous is not a bad thing. Now, when my brother has something and I want what he has to a point whereby I'm not happy that he has what he has because I don't have it. And I feel funny because he has it and I do not have it. And I will do whatever it takes to have what he wants. That's being envy. But when I'm jealous, when God is jealous, is if I borrow my brother my car, I said, here's my car, go do your stuff. I borrow him my car. And then he misuses my car. He drives my car in a way which I will never drive my car. He's spinning it around. You know, he's overspeeding. He's revving it all the time. And I look at how he uses my car, and I don't like it, and I become jealous because he is abnormally using my car. So being jealous is an abnormal use of a thing that belongs to the owner. So because we belong to God and his, God is jealous to see how the devil is misusing us. He does not like what the devil is doing with us. And he's like, that is my daughter. That is my son, devil. I'm jealous at how you use him because that's not how I created him to do, to be. Are you with me? So God becomes jealous. So the Bible says God is jealous. Why? Because we give our times to everything else but God. And God says, I created you for me. God gets jealous because we keep calling the John and the Mike and the Susie and the, and, and, and the Pretty. And we keep saying to them, oh, I love you so much. I cannot live without you. I will die without you. My life is empty without you. And God says, I'm the one you're supposed to be saying that about. Not that man that needs me as well in order to live. I'm the one who created you and gave you the 
the breath of life and you keep calling Linda and Vusi and telling them that they are your world when I am your world. I am jealous at how you are misused because you are mine. Say, I am God's. I am created for God. That's why God says, the Bible says, thou shall have no other gods. An idol is a foreign god. A foreign god is anything that you bow yourself to, not just literally bowing, but everything that you obey to. In other words, if to this morning your sleep was saying don't go to church, sleep became your master. Because now you obeyed sleep over God. Sleep became an idol. Hello? Are you with me? An idol is a foreign, a strange God. Some of you guys, when some people visit you at home, you can't even come to church because, no, you have to attend to your friends that are visiting. Idolatry. Not adultery. Idolatry. Adultery is having sex outside of your marriage. Idolatry is worshiping a foreign God. That's why I don't like the name of the program, Idols. Because I wonder if they know what they're talking about. That's why all young people, they are worshipping celebrities because idolatry, the sin of idolatry. And we wonder why desires are not coming to pass. Because we've got idols in our lives. Some of us, our monies are idols. Some of us, our partners in marriage are idols. And your partner is not happy, and they want to buy a beautiful dress with the tithe money, we buy the dress because idolatry. I don't mind pleasing your spouse, but not at God's principles, not at the expense of God's principles. Hello? When your children are screaming and crying and they want things, you can even sneak into God's money to please your children. And the God says, raise up your children in the ways of the Lord. That's not a way of the Lord. I'm not getting a lot of amens in this church. Hello? Must I go start another church where I'm going to get a lot of amens? All right, let me get into my nose because when I'm out of my nose, you guys don't like me. All right, let me go back to my nose. All right. All right, now, I want to go deep today with the reason why we don't see our desires come to pass. Amen, family? Now, what is to find, what is to delight, to find pleasure, to find joy and fulfillment, Right? Remember, Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I alone know the plans that I have for you. So if God says he's got plans that he has for us, we're not going to see those plans come to pass by not spending time with God. We have to spend time with God. We need to put aside time for God. We have to. And it's not going to be easy because the devil don't want you to do that. And if you don't know how to do that, try by coming here on Friday nights. At least you're going to get into this thing and get to learn and develop a desire and, and learn how to pray. But if you're not going to make time for God, your feelings won't help you. Hello? Because God is not in the realm of feelings. The devil is. The devil is. The devil makes us feel a lot of things. We don't feel like praying. We don't feel like going to church. We don't feel like submitting. We don't feel like obe obeying. We don't feel this. We don't feel this. It's all about feel, feel, feel. This world is full of deeds that are influenced by feelings. Feelings. God is not there in feelings. Even believers, I don't feel God today. You don't have to feel God. Where in the world did God promise you to feel him? You don't have to feel God. You're supposed to know what God says. And when I know what God says, it does not matter how I feel. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm moved by what I know. And I know that he said he will never leave me nor forsake me, even when I feel like he has left me. But the word of God says he will never leave me. So my feelings are not in line with the word. So if my feelings are not in line with the word, I will reject my feelings and I will believe what the word of God says. But many of us, we believe too much on what we feel because our reality is in our feelings. Our feelings are so real more than how the word of God is real. Hello, family. 
Let's become word believers, word obeyers. I was speaking to someone during the week, and, 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 us, and we were talking about something along these lines. And I got irritated because I really get irritated when believers move away from the word and we allow feelings to take over. That irritates me. Really, it does. Because I try not to be moved by feelings. Yes, I get disappointed. Yes, I get hurt. But I quickly want to come back to the word and, and bring myself back into alignment. You know when the car is not in alignment? It's, it starts taking itself out of its lane and you have to bring it back into alignment, and it, it, it will keep taking itself out of it, and you keep, you know, we get out of alignment sometimes as believers. But we have to bring ourselves back into alignment. And what brings us back into alignment is the word. The word brings us back into alignment. And I said to, 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 to this person that I was talking to, and I said to them, because they were trying to explain to me to make me understand why they decided what they decided because of what, who did to them. Who did what to them. And I said, I understand what they did to you, but I don't understand your response to what they did to you. Are you with me? We do not obey the word of God because we feel like it. We do, not, we do not forgive because the person deserves forgiveness. We forgive because the Bible tells us to forgive. We, do not, we are not kind to those that are unkind because they, deserves our, they deserve our kindness. We are kind to those that are unkind because the word of God tells us to be kind. Are you with me? We do not pray for our enemies because our enemies deserve our prayers. We pray for our enemies because the word of God tells us to pray for our enemies. We are word obeyers. We are not circumstances obeyers. We are word obeyers. We do what we do because the word says we should do it. Not because we feel like doing it. In actual fact, many a times we don't feel like being in line with the word of God because the word of God will call us to do things that our feelings don't want to do. Our feelings don't want to do. A wife who will say to me, how do I submit to an unloving man? My feelings don't want me to submit. This man is unloving. He does not deserve me to submit. But the Bible says you should. How do I love a rebellious wife? How do I love a, a wife that does not respect me as a man? She, she does not deserve my love. She does not deserve me to be nice to her. But the Bible says you should love her. So the Bible disregards our feelings. It is our feelings that has gotten us in a lot of trouble. And we still don't learn. So I'm not a feeling obeyer. I'm a word obeyer. That's why we're different. That's why we are Christians. It's actually not Christians. It's Christians. Christ-like. Being Christ-like. It's not also Christmas. It's Christmas. I don't serve no Chris. Who's Chris? It's Christ. Mass. That's why the world, they don't want to call it Christmas. They even put an X and mass. And say, X, who's Xmas? Because they want to do away with Christ. It's Christmas. It's Christ like. It's Christian. I'm sure Chris is very proud of himself, wherever he is. Who's Chris? Say I'm a Christian. And I celebrate Christmas. And I am Christ-like. I am like Christ. I didn't say your feelings are like Christ. I said you are like Christ because you were made in the image and likeness of God. You are like Christ. Guys, I'm not even into my message yet. Holy Spirit, just leave me. I prepared my notes. Oh, more than me, I bind you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I destroy your network. I cast you out of my life in the name of it. May the Lord deal with you. All right. Stand with me to Psalm 1. Not Psalm 1. Psalm chapter 1. <laughs> Turn with me to Psalm 1. Woo! Tell the person next to you, say, it's going to be good. Oh, it's going to be good. The word of God is good, guys. The word of God is fun. Have you ever missed the word of God? 
I mean, I, I, I've had times whereby, you know, because of whatever reason, I will confess, and I, you know, you know like I'm being real, where I did not read the word of God. You know, you know, the devil will distract you from reading the word of God. He will bring everything just to get you not to read the word of God. If he can get you not to look into the word of God, ha, he's got you. So there are times when that happens, and then you just get to a point where you just miss the word. Have you ever been in that point whereby you just missed the word? You're like, Lord, 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 I miss you, man. Lord, Lord, I miss you. And whenever you miss God, let me tell you something. God has not moved. You moved. You moved. We always move. That's why he says, return to me and I will return to you. Who does the first returning? Say I. Psalm chapter number one. Someone. Someone. Verse one. Listen to what the Bible says. Blessed is the man or woman who walks not. Who does, who does what? Come on, I can't hear you. Who does what? Who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. The ungodly are those that do not practice the word. The ungodly are those that live for themselves. They live according to the desires they want, their feelings, and they disregard the word of God. They disregard what God says. Those are the ungodly. In short, the ungodly are those that are without Christ. But even in Christ, we've got some ungodly behaviors. So it's not every Christian that really is a good counselor. Some Christians are really not because they are carnal Christians. Carnality is being a Christian yet living like you are not. That's being carnal. Being a child of God but living like the devil. You hate everybody. You gossip all the time. You never forgive. You're ungrateful. You never do what God wants you to do. It's all about all those kind of things. That's being carnal. Blessed. Blessed. Empowered to succeed. Empowered to prosper is a man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Stop going to your ungodly friends seeking for counsel and advice. Stop going to ungodly Christians seeking for counsel and advice. No stands in the path of sinners. So this blessed man and woman, they don't sit in the council of the ungodly. They don't stand in the path of sinners. You don't have, see them hanging around there. No sits in the seat of the scornful. But this is what they do. Continue. This is what they do. Let's continue, please. Continue. But his what? His what? What is delight? Joy, pleasure, fulfillment. But his pleasure, his delight, his fulfillment is found where? In the law of God. What is the law of God? Say the word of God is the law of God. So this blessed man and this blessed woman, they don't seek the counsel of the ungodly. They don't walk in the path of sinners. They don't sit in the seat of the scornful, but their pleasure, their joy, their fulfillment is only found not in Beyonce. Their pleasure is not found not in Jay-Z. Their pleasure is not found in anything but in the word of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. In his law, he meditates day and night. In his law, he meditates day and night. In his law, he thinks about the Lord day and night. He thinks about the scriptures day and night. He thinks about what God says day and night. He thinks about forgiving others day and night. He thinks about being a gift to others day and night. He thinks about giving day and night. He thinks about loving day and night. He thinks about praying he thinks about giving. He thinks about loving. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Hey, 
Let's produce a song called Day and Night. <laughs> Woo! Didi, I love the tea you made me because Tyler did not want to make me tea because she was guilty of her sins of yesterday. So she didn't want to face me. She didn't come and offer me coffee. But your coffee had day and night. Woo! Isn't the word of God fun? In his law, he meditates day and night. Day and night. God wants us to be consumed by him the whole day and the whole night. God wants us to be focused on him the whole day and the whole night. God don't want us being distracted from him the whole day and the whole night. He wants to be all about our business. You know, sometimes people will say that, you pray too much, you go, go, you go to church too much, you must give God a break. No, God don't want a break from you. God don't want a break. You know, I hear this Muruti sometimes in, in, in marriages. They say the counsel of, an, of the ungodly. They say when you are married, you still have to have your private time because there are times where you need a break from your partner so that you can actually breathe and be entertained outside there by your friends. I don't know what kind of marriage you want to get involved into. That's not marriage. That's not marriage. What kind of marriage is it when you want a break from your partner? You marry me, you got no break. No break for you. <laughs> I'm on your business day and night. <laughs> day and night. We felt day and night. Hey, I, I'm, I'm there day and night. No break. No break. If you want a break, don't get married. Oh. No, no me time. I, I want a me time. I want, I want to take a vacation on my... You're married. You are married. How? How? Day and night. Yeah? <laughs> Day and night. That song has come now. Someone's like, hey, this church is too much laughing. In the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. There is no sadness in God. I don't know where we get these ideas, which Bible we're reading. There's no sadness in God. God wants us happy, but not happy apart from him. He wants to be our happiness. He wants to be our joy. In fact, he does not want to be our happiness. Happiness is a fake imitation of joy. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. Happiness is being happy based on circumstances. Joy is a fruit of the spirit whereby you are even joyful when everything around you. You see my face? I'm seeing a lot there. Everything around you says you cannot have joy, but you got joy because your joy is not based on what's happening around you. Your joy is based on the fruit of the word of God. And they say, how can you be so joyful? When your life is a mess, that mess does not dictate my joy. <laughs> my joy is determined by the word of God. How can you be so joyful when things around you are falling apart? My baby, my joy is not based on the things that are happening around me. My joy is based on the word of God. And if I find myself distracted by things around me, I know I need alignment. I'm out of alignment. Listen, if you get angry as a believer, you're out of alignment. Ouch. I said, if you get angry and you're a believer, you're out of alignment. And you're only allowed to be out of alignment for a day. Before midnight, get back in alignment. Isn't that what the word of God says? If you have hatred in your heart, you are out of alignment. If you are unforgiving, you are out of alignment. In other words, God is on this path. You are going this way and you expect God to be here. God is not going to be there in that messy business. It's not going to be there. Come back where you're supposed to be and continue with God where you left him. 
Sometimes our stresses, our frustrations, our lack of peace, our voices telling us that we are out of alignment. When you're stressed, don't call a friend. Get back in alignment. Stress is an indication that you are out of alignment. Lack of peace is an indication that you are out of alignment. Frustration is a voice telling you you're out of alignment. It's not a sin to be out of alignment, but if you remain out of alignment, you will eventually sin. Hello? See, I gotta get back in alignment. The Christian life is a life of constantly getting back in alignment. You see, we are not perfect, but we get perfected. We keep getting back into alignment. Because this flesh, this body that we live in, sometimes moves us astray. It moves us to foreign things. It desires foreign things. But that's why we've got the word of God to always bring ourselves back in alignment. When I find myself not liking someone, and, and, and you know there are some times where, you know, especially ladies that have the sixth sense, they will tell you that, you know, there's something about that person. They, they don't flow with my blood. What's the It's either you are right, there is an evil spirit that you are picking up, or maybe you have the evil spirit yourself. Hello? I'm not saying you don't have the sixth sense. I believe you do. I believe you do because these women, the Bible says they are helpers. And we know that the Holy Spirit, one of his qualities is that he is a helper. So the women and the Holy Spirit, they've got something in common. They are both helpers. Amen? They will help you detect certain things only if they are filled with the word and the Holy Spirit. If they are not filled with the word and the Holy Spirit, they don't detect anything godly. They are evil detectors. <laughs> Amen? That's how you get back to the Bible. It is Bible that I'm saying there. Praise God. You see, when we come to church, it's like taking a car for a service. After using a car for a while, there's a time whereby it needs to go back to its maker so his maker can bring the best out of that car again. So when we come to church, out of the whole busy week whereby we've been dealing with all sorts of evil stuff, evil people, ugly people, you know, uh, bosses that don't appreciate us, business that don't go right, and all the disappointments, we've been hit left, right, and center by the world, we come back into the church to get saved so that we are ready for another week. Hello, don't go take on two weeks without getting serviced. You will perform in an empty tank. Get serviced. Tell the person you say, get serviced, baby. All right, am I doing okay with time? 15 minutes. Oh, Jesus. Someone say, oh, Jesus. Where are we? Where's my scripture? In his law, he meditates day and night. In his law, he meditates how long? Guess what happens when he does this? Continue. Look at what happens when he does that. In his law, he meditates day and night. Uh, all right, go back. Please go back. Let me read first. But in his law, he, in, in, in his delight, but his delight, sorry, is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Now, this is how he is. He shall, he shall be like what? Let's see. He shall be like a tree. Who, who shall be like a tree? Who? The one who does what? Who meditates on the word, not on Isidingo. Not the one that meditates on, uh, can I, what, what is his favorite one? Uh, Muvango, not Muvango. Skim some. Uh, there's another one. Uh, this one. Any? The queen, the queen, the queen. There's another one, man. Gomorra! Gomorra! I'm looking for Gomorra. Sodom and Gomorra. 
<laughs> so don't go more. I don't know where they get these titles, these uncircumcised Philistines. Oh, sorry, they are circumcised. <laughs> uh, in his law, he shall meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit. We're still talking about the reason why God, the reason why we're not seeing our desires come to pass. The one who is in the word of God, the one who meditates on the word of God, the one who's consumed by God, the one who finds pleasure, joy, fulfillment in the, in the word of God, shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does. What someone says is not realistic to be successful in everything. Whatever he does. Someone says there are times whereby you are good and there are times whereby they are bad. Whatever he does. So it is possible to live a life where whatever you do, it is possible to experience success in everything that you do, in whatever you do. But that is dependent on whether we're meditating on the Word of God in whatever we do. Because when we meditate on the Word of God in whatever we do, the Word of God will produce about desires that are in line with the Word. And only desires that are in line with the Word, in line with the Scripture, are the desires that God is obligated to make sure they come to pass. If there are desires that are birthed from Gomorrah, if there are desires that are birthed from the Queen, if there are desires that are birthed from all these things that we do away from the, from, from the Word of God, and those things that are not in, the, in line with the Word of God that produce desires in our hearts, God is not going to make those desires come to pass for us. He's got no business with anything that, has no, that doesn't have his name on it. It's so quiet. We've been laughing earlier. Manjo, what's up, what's up with your seriousness? Are you with me? So there are times where we need to ask ourselves this question. Is this thing that I'm desiring what God wants me to desire? Is this thing that I'm pursuing what God wants me to pursue? Is this thing that I'm busy with, is it really what God has influenced me to do? Maybe it's not. You may be loving it. You may be wanting it so bad, but it's not what God wants for you. You may even be praying about it. It may feel good to want it. You can even claim that God wants it for you when he does not. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Come on, let's be real now. There are a lot of things that we want in our lives. But just because we want it so bad, it does not mean God wants it for us. Just because you want that job so bad, it don't mean God wants that job for you. Just because you want that promotion so bad, it don't necessarily mean God wants it for you. And you get being displeased and unhappy and jealous of people that are getting the thing that you want and you start being envy. You can't celebrate someone else's success because you want their success. You feel like their success should be coming to you. And that makes you be funny in the inside. And when you are funny in the inside, God can't dwell in such a temple. And you live a meaningless life, empty life, frustrated life. A lot of people, we're living in a selfish world. And the reason why this world is selfish is because people have moved away from the word of God and they want what the flesh wants. They can't even celebrate when other people succeed because they, think, they feel like they're the only ones who should be succeeding. That's not what God wants. 
Because when God blesses my neighbor, then I've got to know that God is in the neighborhood. If I see my neighbor getting bad, hey, God is about to bless someone else. It better be me. Oh, my brother, I'm happy to see your blessings, but this God must be somewhere around here. If I see someone getting blessed in GWCFC, God must be in GWCFC. If I see someone getting married and I'm not, hey, God is in the business of marriage. Hey, 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 where is this God? I get to Babangos. When I see these young people coming here and they are preaching the word with so much anointing and authority and power and the pastor cages, they come in and they preach here, they're tired of unprepared. God must be in the growing business in GWCFC. I've got to be next. I'm encouraged by other people's success, not intimidated by them. Mm-hmm. No, I'm preaching better than you are amening tonight, this morning. All right. I feel like closing because I've got so much, but so little time. How much time I got? Holy, I've, the time I got is Holy Communion. Hallelujah. I wrote here, what do we think will happen when we meditate on the word day and night. What do you think will happen when you meditate on the word day and night? Think about it. What do you think will happen when you meditate on the word day and night? Just think about it. What do you think will happen when you entertain God day and night? What do you think will happen when you talk about God day and night? What do you think will happen when you are just into the things of God day and night? Let me tell you what will happen. The word of God will consume you. The word of God will consume you. The word of God will fill you up to the brim. When you are filled up to the brim, there is no place for anything else because you are filled up. Give me the bottle of water, please. Open it and give it to me. When you are, is this water filled up to the brim? This glass, is it filled up to the brim? Come on, talk to me. It is not filled up to the brim, right? There's still room for other things to be added, right? So if let's say you are filled up to this level by the word of God, the devil has got place for something else. And that's all the devil needs. He just needs a little bit of something. Now, 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 when you pour it, when you pour on the glass, pour more water, is it filled up to the brim? There's still room for something else, right? So it is not full yet. But if you keep pouring on the word, pouring on the word, it's ampur, mariniks ampur. Hello? But if you keep on pouring, is it full now? It's full to the brim. But God don't just want it to be full to the brim. God wants it to overflow. And when it overflows, give me more water, please. I want more overflow. More overflow. Come on, give me more water. When it's filled up and it starts overflowing, guess what the overflow does? It affects those that are around you. Hello? It affects those that are around you because it's filled up. Say, God wants me to overflow. God wants me to flow of blessings, of love. I'm overflowing in forgiveness. I'm overflowing in giving. I can't stop giving. I'm overflowing in praying for my enemies. Oh, I'm overflowing in hating gossip. You mean it? <laughs> no, 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 Pastor, not with gossip, not with gossip. With gossip like that. I'm a believer. I love the Lord. I love going to church. I love doing the things of God. But hey, gossip's got me. Oh, I'm standing down. Oh, just like standing down. I'm overflowing. Are you overflowing in cleaning? Are you, are you overflowing in saving the Lord? If you, uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, are you overflowing? Clean some more. Are you overflowing? Uh, someone will get offended that that church, they make me, I clean the pastor still messes up. I'm leaving the church. Are you overflowing? Overflow, girl. Overflow. Overflow. 
I don't know what happened to me today. It's Tidimalo's fault. She served me coffee this morning. I'm not used to that. Amen? All right, we're going to take Holy Communion. I'm not done with my message. I will continue next week with part three of why does God, why don't we see our desires come to pass? Trust me, this word is so profound. Don't miss it. Tell the person next to you, say, don't miss next week. We're going deeper. Amen? You just talk to Didimalo not to save me. Praise God. When we delight ourselves in the Lord, day and night, we'll be consumed by the word. The word will dominate our thinking. The word will take over our speech. Everything about us will be about the word. Amen, family? Everything about us will be about the word. That's my heart's desire. I want to be more like Christ. And every believer should want to be more like Christ. I'm not satisfied. When I find myself still, you know, behaving like the world, I, 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 I'm very hard on myself. I'm very hard on myself. I got mistakes. I'm not perfect. But I'm hard on myself. I don't want to remain in a wrong for long. I want to get back in alignment. Get, come back home to Jesus. Come back home to the world. And I want people like that around me. Where we can encourage one another and correct one another. Believers don't want to be corrected. When you correct them, the flesh just comes out. They got offended. Offended. Offense. Take the fence away, man. Take the fence off. <laughs> Amen? The Bible says God loves, corrects those that he loves. I love correction because correction makes me want to be better. I've got people around me that can correct me. That I open up to them and they correct me. You need those kind of people like that. You need those kind of people like that. If you have friends that never correct you, they don't love you. They don't love you. I know you guys have a friend and that friend has never corrected you. Because if your friend does not correct you, that means you are perfect to that friend and you know yourself. You know you're not perfect. So why will your friend not correct you? They don't love you. Thank you, ma'am. I've got leaders around me, too, in this church that still correct me. Even though I'm the pastor of the church, there are some that still correct me. But they got to come. they got to have a skill of approach when they correct me, yeah? Because they're still sheep, right? Don't come and see people who are more than me. Give Amen, family? <laughs> 